I've been reading books online, making videos of me reading books. Like I used to read books when I had kids in my library and they would sit on the floor around me and I would read a story and show them pictures. When I had the kindergartens and the grade ones and the grade twos. In those days, I read because it was to show the students what kinds of books we had in the library and to get them interested in picking books off the shelf and reading them themselves. And also in those days, it was to the whole class. And it was to cultivate listening skills. And hopefully they would want to read books themselves. I just finished reading a book for my uh, for for the video for the week, but it was aimed at my granddaughters who like to wear dresses. They're young still, so it, it's not the same as for older kids. But as I was reading it, it occurred to me that I could use that book and a couple of others to illustrate how the choices of things we make to read to our students or to encourage them to read need to be shaped by the background the kids come from. To begin with the example of the book I just read online and made a video of, it's called The Forever Dress by Harriet Ziefert. And in the book, it's all about a little girl who has a grandma that likes to sew dresses for her, but also wants to teach her that she should not waste her clothes, that even though we outgrow clothes, we can find ways to use them and recycle the fabrics and all of that. But it's aimed at little girls who like to wear dresses. Now, I read the book knowing, hoping that my granddaughters would listen to it and watch the video that I made. But suppose I read that to a class. How many of the girls in the class today, in a classroom where kids come from all over, some very wealthy, some very poor, how would the kids that don't have grandmas to knit for to knit and sew for them and don't have the money to have new dresses or clothes of any kind to go to parties and are boys not girls and so forth how would they relate think about it when when we choose books to read to our students, we want our students to become engaged in what we're reading. We want them to imagine themselves in that book. That's where a love of learning and a love of lifelong reading begins. When students find the reward in listening or reading and enjoying how it affects them. Another example of a book that you have to stop to think about. One of the most popular books a generation ago or even two generations ago that I read to my students and I read to my kids was A Snowy Day by Ezra Jack Keats. 
when I sit down to write to read to the students and I showed them the cover and I said A Snowy Day by Ezra Jack Keats, I made an assumption. I assumed that in the mind's eye of each and every one of those students is a snowbank and a snowy day. And the idea that they would want to put on their clothes and their hats and their scarves and their mittens and their heavy coats and go outside and play. And so they could relate to the story just by the way I read the title and showed them the cover. They could be curious about what's going to happen. But what about a child in a classroom that's come from a country where there never is snow. There is an increasing number of students who come to our classrooms who are from places in the Middle East and North Africa and close to the equator where they have no concept of snow. I could say a snowy day to them and that would be like saying a day in the jungle. They would have no concept, none whatsoever. How would they relate to that story? You have to stop and think about it. You want kids to imagine themselves in the story. We, all of us, at least I'm assuming that the majority of people who are watching this video and thinking about it, will understand that feeling of reading a book and being and being able to relate to what it's all about and be able to imagine oneself in the story but if you have no understanding of what's in that book you can't relate that doesn't mean you shouldn't read books like that by all means, you need to encourage children to experience as many different things as possible so that they then understand what the world is all about and how different everything can be from one place to another and so on. But if I read A Snowy Day to a class of students where there is a little boy or a little girl or maybe even more who have no concept of snow, I can depend upon the fact that they might sit quietly for one reading like that. But then the next story I pick to read has to be different. I have to purposefully make a decision that the next time I read a story, it will appeal to a different segment of the class. The idea is, is that our reading programs should be balanced so that there are books that we read aloud and books that we encourage everybody to read that appeal to different aspects of the class different small groups so that they understand that you are looking for ways to turn them on to reading, not to turn them off to reading. If a child is turned off by reading, what are they going to do in the classroom? What do you think? They're going to get bored. 
they're going to get bored. And then what do little kids do that are bored? They get restless and they start to antagonize other people in the class. Not everybody, but often enough that it makes it harder for you to accomplish what you want. So when it comes to books that you're going to read to them, you, to everybody, to the whole class, you have to make sure you have a variety of different books, which means that you have to make sure that your school library has collections of books that reach out and help every different kind of student in your classroom find something that they can relate to. When you ask the kids that they're a little bit older and they have to read a book that they choose and then you want to talk to them about it or you want them to do something with it, you need to make sure that they pick books that they can relate to until they're such good readers and such good students that you don't need to worry about every little detail. But until they develop a love of reading and become acclimatized to our, our school system, you need to find ways to put books in their hands that they're going to like. Similarly, similarly, you need to avoid books if you think they're going to trigger a negative reaction in the classroom. While I was talking just now, it occurred to me that there are books about the Underground Railroad and slavery in the United States, and some of them are exceptionally well written, and I have used them with the class before to read to them and to, for them to tell a story. But there was nobody in the classroom who would be negatively affected by listening to a story about somebody who was born into slavery and then escaped from slavery. Because if we want our children to grow up loving the idea of reading and becoming lifelong readers, we need to make sure we avoid books, especially with really young children, that are going to bring about negative feelings. Because a negative feeling in a child is a turnoff. They, they turn off in their mind. They don't want to listen because they, it brings up bad memories, for instance. So you have to find ways of, of balancing what you want everybody in the class to, to achieve and only some of the kids to achieve. And how do you go about making sure that you have a collection that will have books for every child to find some enjoyment in? When I was a teacher librarian, I would be very careful in how I spent my money. And I would look for books that would add to the breadth of my collection. Today, it's even easier. You can go online and do a search in Google. Books for children about family dysfunction, about war, about migrations, about whatever you want. And then you can look for those books. And 
to make it even easier, you can order them from Amazon. You don't need to be able to go into a bookstore and pick the books off the shelf. You can add books to a collection very easily. Can you imagine how powerful it would be if you, if you had a child who you knew loved to read but was struggling with something and you got them a book because you knew what they needed and would enjoy and got that book and put them into their, into their hands. How many times do we hear as teachers about the difference we made in the lives of our students? Quite often, if we go out of our way to think about the students instead of ourselves, to think about what we want from our students, how we want to make changes in them without them being aware of it, obviously. you That's how you... you affect the lives of kids because you set an example or you suggest something or you encourage them to go in a certain direction. All of those different things come to bear in becoming more literate. It all comes back to how we encourage literacy in our students. We cannot encourage literacy if we do not encourage the love of reading. I used to tell my students, and I've probably made videos already where I've used this, but I used to tell my students, those who read succeed. And why is that the case? Because the more we read, the broader our minds become. The easier it is for us to understand and find meaning in the things that we see and hear and read. So when, you, when it comes to picking books or encouraging others to pick books, you have to remember that they're no longer books for everybody that they're all going to like because not too often do you find a class of children where they all come from the same backgrounds and are not at all a diversity of groups that come that are in society. So remember, if you want to encourage literacy, you have to pick books and use books that will appeal to various segments and make sure that you have a balanced reading program in that respect. Good luck.